game. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. That was very confusing. That was very confusing what I just did there. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. That's my fault. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can follow me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Our guy, Aiden Ware, at FF Aware. All of us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. It is Wednesday, December the 26th, heading into week 17. Many of you deserve a congratulations on your fantasy football championships from this past yes. weekend. Uh, others still fighting on into week 17. It is not as uncommon as you would believe. Uh, the industry standard is certainly week 16 to finish, but I mean, ESPN, their standard format still has the two weeks of playoffs when you have to play week 16 and 17 for the championship. There's leagues out there that play week 17 as a standalone. There's a, that's so, a lot of legacy leagues too. We, leagues that have existed yeah, for a very long on. time have just never updated and they just play week 17. Yep. Yeah. So we push on into week 17. Neil, how are we doing after the uh, the holiday? Hope it was good for everybody out there. It was good for yeah, me. Yeah, great holiday. Nice to be back in the chair. Uh, but, yeah, nice little break there. Kind of breaks up the year a little bit. Get to go see some family, do some stuff that isn't strictly football watching, although a lot of football watching did get done. Uh, explaining to my 90-year-old grandfather that Christian McCaffrey is Ed McCaffrey's son was fun. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun, uh, fun conversation because he's like, I remember that guy. So all of a sudden he perks up like Ed McCaffrey. What? <clears throat> the uh, so fun uh, fun time had by all and a devastating loss in the only the in the in the only championship league that matters, the Golden League. Just oh, so we <laughs> we soldier out. Sorry, not to not, no one cares about your fantasy teams but you, but that hurt. Yeah. And mostly because I'm looking at this first news item that we're gonna go into here. Let's just let's get it over with. Rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go. Yes, Neil dealing with his loss. Also, a shout-out to Rodrigo. Rodrigo, the Cinderella yes. story, the eight awesome. seed, coming all the way back, ended up winning that game with a 200-point performance in the championship. Cinderella story. He had to win the final week of the Here's season to make the playoffs. He, uh, he won out against every potential nightmare matchup. Now, I, I was... <laughs> I called it the Cinderella story, and people were giving me guff about it today and all last week that how could you call him the Cinderella story when he was ranked number 10? First of all, the rankings on the website are my rankings, all right? So that's my opinion on the teams. They, they bear no results in the actual real world. Second of all, the team he beat in the championship was the number one ranked team, all right? So it's still Cinderella story. He's the underdog, whether you want to believe it or not, okay? So I'm standing by my Cinderella story. But congratulations to Rodrigo taking down the PFF championship. 216 teams. One man stands alone at the end of it, so congrats to him. But as Neil alluded to, let's get into uh, the big news from the week. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it. And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Philip Lindsay, Neil's darling of the preseason. 
dealing with a wrist injury. He was one of the big surprises of 2018. He left Monday's game in Oakland with a wrist injury that ends his season on an extremely sour note. Not only will he end his 2018 season, he reportedly is dealing with a lengthy recovery. ESPN is reporting it as only three to four months, but there are multiple reports out there. He may miss most, if not all, of the offseason program, and surgery has yet to be totally taken off the table. So the hope is he can return for training camp and be a full go in 2019. It is a talking point we will have to go into in the preseason next year for sure. Neil, if we're looking ahead to Philip Lindsay after the spectacular rookie year he had, if he is back fully healthy for 2019, what is the value of Philip Lindsay? Well, first of all, pour one out. We didn't do that properly. So pour one yeah, out. I that mean, was a plumber. Obviously. He, uh, a guy that on, uh, and I will, again, I will go out of my way to say this because generally I, I do everything I can to not pat you on the back. But there are most outlets out there that didn't even have Philip Lindsay ranked, wasn't even in the top 300, and you had Philip Lindsay as a guy to keep an eye on to grab at the back end of drafts in the preseason. So kudos to you for having that for everybody. Oh, it's the best call I've had possibly to date, but that's not the point of this. My 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 point it was he was 41 yards from setting the record for for a undrafted rookie, and he's not going to get it. He did get to a thousand. And he did get to go to the Pro Bowl, but this snubs him now of his Pro Bowl appearance. Just really brutal. I mean, it's just real, as you said, really sour way to end the season. So I, what's being reported out here is that they're probably going to opt for surgery because it looks like he may have some kind of minor ligament damage. So you want to get that corrected. So if that's the case, I would think that yes, he'll probably have the surgery immediately. They're probably not going to wait around on that. So at that point, you they're saying three to four months with surgery. I'd tend to take the over on that a little bit. But that being said, I don't know even if he misses a huge amount of camp necessarily. I'm not – I would think he'll get an opportunity next year. So it does hurt his value, though, because there is always that uncertainty, which we all hate so much. So I would say – I mean, if there's, if there's a silver lining here um... – it's that it's a wrist injury. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to get to. It's a wrist injury to a running back. So, so this is the same with what we talked about with David Johnson. Yeah. If, if he has the surgery. It's got nothing to do with his legs and his, his physical ability yeah, to run his with His legs it. and his it's knees are his fine, wrist. which is what we really need here. He's not the best pass catcher anyway, but that was hoping I was – something I was hoping he was going to be able to build on with a full off season. But that being cut short, uh, not great for that. But I still think he's going to enter the season next year probably in most people's top 20 in that neighborhood, because as we've alluded to, we'll see how the rookie yep. class shakes out for this, for this draft. We don't fully have a handle on that yet as we're still waiting for all that to kind of sort itself out, but look at running back. It's a train wreck. Once you get past about 22, right? And we had Royce Freeman right around 20, something, yeah, 20, 20, 20, to 20 to 25, 25 range neighborhood. To the beginning of yeah. the year. So that, I mean, for that running back for that, the you know Broncos running back position that's kind of the neighborhood you're looking at and I would say that that's accurate again going forward like really as did Philip Lindsay this season the what makes him such a great Cinderella story was the fact that he came out of nowhere as essentially what was supposed to be the backup to Freeman and now took he wasn't over the even job. supposed to be the backup he was supposed to be their third string depth guy that they wanted to get a look at and Devonte Booker is so bad 
that Philip Lindsay yeah. just absolutely blew past him after about the first week of training camp, and they were like, "Never mind, we'll just give him the ball." And he just kind of has just been building steam from there, honestly. But Lindsay, he, but Lindsay became everything we thought Freeman would be, yeah, right? When, when we talked about it in the preseason, absolutely. It was we talked about the upside, about the volume, about what he could do out of the backfield. The attempts, literally, the, it was everything we said about Royce the, Freeman. It was just the wrong the attempts, guy. the opportunity. <laughs> It's all there. That's what the offense wants to do. And we'll, that's the other right. thing that goes into this question, which is where I would say we need more data. We don't know who the next head coach will be. I highly doubt it's Vance Joseph at this point. But uh, we'll see if they get a new coach, probably. We'll see if Case Keenum's the quarterback. Like, these are all things that we will all, that are also yet to be determined. But if we, if we assume, you know, much the same offense coming back next year, which will be <laughs> – that's a big talking point out here. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they want to commit, and they still have Royce Freeman, so that also depresses Lindsey's value. It might be slightly good because the hype train, I have a feeling, would have just gone off the rails, right, if he finishes with a huge game and is fully healthy. You know what I mean? So there's you know, there's good with the bad on this one, but it's definitely a, uh, a sour note. <laughs> not, not the way you want to finish your season. Right, absolutely, to say the least. So then the short-term look is you're playing the Chargers this week. Uh, for the Broncos, Royce Freeman would have to slot into the starter then. Are you streaming Royce Freeman if you get the opportunity? Sure. RB2, yeah. I mean, because he's going to get looks. They're, He'll get the they're going to see what right? they have I mean, as well. Like, he got hurt. He didn't really have, you know, they're going to give him an opportunity to try and do what they've given people in the past in Week 17. Uh, they had a guy last year they did this for. Uh, just give, give, give you a whole game. And because it, it's a meaningless game, effectively. So you'll get an opportunity and they're going to want to see what they have. So I would think he's going to be out there and then Devontae Booker will be out there. And I am not interested in playing Devontae Booker. I don't care if you play in PPR. No, and I, I would say this goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago with um, the Jalen Samuels, Stephen Ridley controversy. Where they're kind of both going to get touches, but eventually, you know, Stephen Ridley, Stephen Ridley and Jalen Samuels will end up taking over. I feel like that's the same deal here where it's going to be Freeman and Booker, and they'll kind of split carries, but eventually Booker will become Booker. And he might get some run in the passing Freeman game. He always over. does, but it's just like, whatever. I'm not interested in it. It's not something I'm super consistently impressed by, even when he gets the volume. So it just – Freeman, yes. Uh, Booker, no. And really there aren't too many Broncos you're probably looking at starting this week, to be perfectly honest. It's a pretty short list. Meanwhile – Niners, you definitely aren't starting. Matt Breida and Dante Pettis, they'll both miss this finale on Sunday. They left with Week 16 injuries and are being held out for precautionary reasons, if nothing else. We don't know how severe that Dante Pettis injury is yet. That looks pretty ugly, though. Uh, Jeff Wilson will get the bulk of the work once again, rushing the ball out of the backfield. They are playing the Rams, and the Rams have been pretty terrible against the run, so it's not like it's a, a terrible matchup. Jeff Wilson, flex play again, like he was before? Yeah, right back to it. He's going to be the only guy again. Because right, he's going to get the workload. Yep. Yeah, He's going to be the only guy again. And then as for uh, pass catchers, it's George Kittle and the Pips, isn't it? I don't want any of those. No, receivers. and especially with uh, Pettis not playing, I really don't want any of it. So it's Kittle. Honestly, for Niners, you're probably going to play Kittle if you've been playing him to this point, And you'll probably, if you need a flex, uh, Wilson. That's probably it for the Niners, right? Like whole team, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's that's the whole story yeah. right there. And you know what? If you want to play Robbie Gould, I'm not okay, I'm sure. Meanwhile, 
Zamarius Thomas, unfortunately, done for the year. The Texans' big-time acquisition from the Broncos. Got a feel for DT. Since the trade, he has been finding his groove and has finally become a reliable target for Watson as of late. But unfortunately, he tears his ACL in the loss to the Eagles. If you saw the play, it was literally a play that went with a pass to DeAndre Hopkins, and no one was around him. He just collapsed. He was running out to make a block and just fell down. And as soon as you saw that, you're like, yep, it's done. He's, he's done. Ugh. It was rough. But he's out for the remainder of the season. That wide receiving core is back to being super thin. Kiki QT still working his way back from the hamstring injury he suffered weeks ago. There is some optimism in Houston that he could play this week, but given the fact they've already clinched a playoff berth and they're extremely thin at the position, I doubt they push it and they just wait for him to try to come back in the playoffs. The only player that may benefit from this I mentioned in the waiver column this week, and it's tight end Jordan Thomas. He is someone not named DeAndre Hopkins who has to step up and make a play this week. I mean, other than that, they really have no one in the passing game. So the Jaguars have been weak against the tight end all season. We have made note of that several times. Any of the other back-end wide receivers that the Texans have playing for them out there will get looks. They will get opportunities. I just can't say for sure that any of them will be able to step up and do something. So I'm not playing anyone out there. If Again, if you want to roll the dice on anybody, I would take a shot on Jordan Thomas if I was tight end desperate. But otherwise, I am uh, I'm good on skill position guys from the Texans. Meanwhile, Todd Gurley had to sit out week 16. He could be held out again in week 17. Rams are thinking big picture here, people. Got to remember, they don't care what your fantasy football team is doing. I have been driving the John Kelly bandwagon all season. The unfortunate fact is they signed C.J. Anderson off the street last Tuesday and force-fed him the ball over a guy who has been there all season. And it's looked good when he's been given the opportunities. I, I don't understand it. I can't make heads or tails of it. I can't pretend to understand the logic because really I don't think there is any. But whatever. They want to force feed CJ Anderson the ball. I can't ignore that. If they do decide to sit Gurley again this week, CJ Anderson is the back that you have to own in LA because the Rams, it's clear that whoever the Rams running back is, is just going to put up a ton of fantasy points. Sure. I mean, Goffs looked atrocious, so they finally are just like, okay, we're just going to go back to the formula. <laughs> we're just going to go right back to the formula of pound the rock. And then, yeah, go back. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And their O line's good enough with, uh, especially with Whitworth out there blocking two guys with one hand. That, uh, yeah, I mean, you can do that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not crazy, right? You agree with me here. Like, John I've Kelly should for sure shotgun be getting the looks you. and not CJ Anderson. Go back in time I mean, to when we talked about this on the show, like three or four weeks ago, when you were like, at one point in time, Neil came to me and said, there's these two guys at Tennessee, Alvin Kamara and John Kelly. <laughs> if they get into the right system, <laughs> that they will be studs. And one of them got absolutely yep. into the right system, and the other one, I don't know. McBay and I clearly disagree on this, because if it was me, we'd probably be playing John Kelly over C.J. Anderson. Yep. I will say, C.J. looked pretty good, so maybe it was a hot hand thing, but it was weird to me that they signed him off the street. I thought it was a depth thing. I never expected him to be the guy. Right. So, I thought it was an insurance yeah, policy. I, I didn't think he'd automatically become the number back one back. So they were like, we'll get CJ and see if he's got anything in the tank. And so maybe that's a little bit of that. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some of that where they just put him in and CJ looked great. And they were just like, okay, fine. Let's not even get John Kelly hurt. Just go CJ. But it's it, for fantasy. I mean, I don't know how you could play John Kelly after what we saw last week, this week. 
with a title in the balance because that's what the only people we're talking to. Right. So that's right. that's uh, yeah, I would say you'd have to pl- you'd have to get and probably be comfortable with playing. I mean, CJ. look, John Kelly still got work. He had a five point six. He still he's going to play. He's going to have to play a little bit. And they're playing the they're Niners. They're playing the Niners, so, so he could break some. I, it's just it's it is maddening. And yeah, I, I I don't get it either. Same as you. Like me and me and me and McVay kind of disagree on this one. But you know, he's the one. He look, look, he's a lot more qualified yeah, a, to make. He calls he's the, the shots, one a lot more so. qualified to do it too. So that's the other thing I want to point out. Like, I'm not saying like, he's the one who's got the resume and the track record and is the youngest head coach playoffs and all this. Like, far be it for me to, like, think my opinion is more valid than him. He clearly knows something or has a feeling on something, I would have to believe, because I don't but I don't understand an outsider looking in. It just doesn't make that. There has to be a reason, but I can't fathom it. And I don't. And also, I can't find no. any. Uh, what's weirder is I can't find any beat reports as to why. So if any of you out there in the universe have that and, and can explain it to us, please, Twitter, help us out. Like, I'd love to have an explanation. Yeah, work your magic. because I'd love to know the answer to this question. Like, see, we'll shout you out on, on the wrap-up show. If you can, if someone can explain it, that'd be great. Meanwhile. Well, Neil, Josh Gordon's disappointing season ended in the most predictable way possible, I think. If we, if, if we were in the preseason and you said, hey, how is Josh Gordon's season going to end? I think this would probably be your best guess. Wouldn't it? I mean, came into the year projected as a top 20 prospect with the Browns. After getting shipped off to New England for off-the-field issues, he never found his footing. He ended the year as wide receiver 40, and he sent out a note saying he was stepping away from football once again to deal with his mental health. However, another report says the league is investigating him for violating the conditional reinstatement he was on and he is facing a Justin Blackman-esque lifetime ban from the NFL. So here we are, all over again. It's wash, rinse, repeat, right? With Josh Gordon, unfortunately. A a guy uber-talented who just cannot find find a way to get on the right foot here. I just feel sad, because clearly the guy's... It's it's a waste of talent. Well, I just feel the guy's an addict, and there's something going on at this point that is preventing him from being able to stay off drugs. And I don't know what it is, but it's just one of those situations where if that's the case and you keep making these mistakes, then you get to a point where the guy's an addict. And yeah, I would say it might be football. That's part of it. You never know. Like, and I get that he reportedly started very young in life and you know, it's hard. You start with that kind of problem. And it's unfortunate that this guy's addiction is kind of played out in front of a national audience, but I just feel bad at this point because he's tried and tried and tried. And he just, yeah. there's gotta be something wrong. And it's a shame that I think he's probably going to end up being lifetime banned. But at this point, I kind of wonder also, there's part of me that wonders is maybe that just not the best thing. Maybe you just need to not play football. Like there's Here, clearly the something thing. going on. It's some we'll, we have to track in the off season, obviously. And it, it clearly just doesn't sound good. As you said, for the remainder of his career, being lifetime banned but the thing that gets lost in this as well is the fact that he was uh traded to the patriots and he's a free agent at the end of the year his contract is up is there is there any thought in your head that the patriots are going to say oh yeah come on back no but the raiders the raiders no see that's the thing is you have a guy who has shown flashes of talent. What he plays. Yeah. But he's out there 
with this hanging over him, with the idea that he could become lifetime ban, with that he could have, uh, he could never play for your team. And until this is all sewn up, until you know one way or the other if he's going to be able to play or not, no team out there is going to touch him. I, I don't care how talented he is, until you know for sure that he is going to come back and play for your team, you're not going to commit off-season spending to well, this I don't even think that he's I don't even think do that it. opportunity is going to present itself because I honestly believe he's going to find himself on the commissioner's exempt timeout bench list, possibly just indefinitely right. forever. Because I think that's kind of where this ends. Well, that yeah, that was kind of that yeah. was my point. Is like it, I don't even know if they have to come down with a full lifetime ban because with this hanging they just put over you in purgatory. Him, I don't think they actually lifetime ban you. He'll just, just sit as a free agent they just, forever. They just and and no one will yeah, ever actually that's sign. That's what him. I where I think we end up. It's just he ends up in purgatory and I think his time in the NFL is probably over. But then I read his story about talking about, you know, doing illicit substances, namely, you know, in his words, cocaine, you know, before games and during games even. And I'm like, man, maybe you just shouldn't play football. Maybe there's something about that that is just like it's a trigger for you and you need to not. Yeah, there's a connection. Maybe you, it's, there just, it's just a trigger. You need to just not play. Because and maybe it's the lifestyle. Like because you know we all know the stories of you know access and things that NFL players can get themselves into and just you know there's kind of the partying and just kind of people around that you probably I just don't think you can deal with. It's just a series of triggers for you and you just can't stop yourself. You just get put back in that environment, and so it might be you know best for everyone if you just don't play football anymore and hopefully he's got what what i hope can happen is that someone can get him some resources to get him to somewhere where he can have some sort of life that isn't in the media spotlight with all these people and also can he can kind of work on just not being an addict or just you know i don't know that you ever are never not an addict but you know what i mean like can live a life yeah free i think of his best case is to be to like ryan that. leaf and become a uh, become an advocate for staying away from yeah, that. Yeah, because it just it, it can't be this. Because we just can't keep going through this. We've been, what is this the fourth time, fifth time? Are we at five? Something like like we, I I just don't know how many like fifth chances we can keep giving people is the unfortunate thing, and it, it's a shame because I just I just hope he gets well. That's kind of my whole message here. I don't have any Absolutely. hate for Josh Gordon or anything because it. People, yeah, this time, just assuming we're never going to yeah. see Josh Gordon in the NFL again and wish him the best with everything he's going through in his life. And on that somber yeah, note, right? oof, boy, what a rough We should have re-edited that. Done that in the middle. <laughs> I know. Should have mixed that around. But a shout-out to Aiden. I want to thank Aiden. <laughs> Standing Aiden. ovation. All First season. year doing DFS on the site. We appreciate it. He did an awesome, awesome season, awesome job with his daily awareness every week. So shout out to Aiden. As he mentioned in his article this week, week 16 was his final week of the year. So uh, we're still talking to Aiden. Hopefully we'll be back with us again next year. Give us more of that DraftKings knowledge. It was, uh, it was a good resource to have on the website this year, and we will look forward to working with him again. If you want to shout out appreciation, again, it's at FF Aware to get to, uh, to Aiden out there. We appreciate you, man. May I play devil's advocate for a moment? It's time for some Devil's Advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? (laughs) 
miss it. That's it. Last one of the year. The last Devil's Advocate Championship Edition. We pick up our conversation from last week. And for those of you who maybe didn't get it uh, or didn't catch that episode, uh, we were talking about teams sitting players. We were getting some questions about that, and we were just trying to kind of shed some light and kind of reinforce players that you may have been riding all season that due to uh, circumstances beyond our control, i.e. as Steve referenced earlier, <laughs> teams do not care if we win our fantasy championship. They are trying to win an NFL championship. So some of these guys may get uh, sat down early. Or- now, to be clear, Juju Smith-Schuster does care. He just fumbles anyway. Yes, yes, fair, very fair. Uh, harsh, but, <laughs> but fair. Uh, uh, so, you know, last week we didn't really actually have a huge amount of people getting deactivated, including Christian McCaffrey putting up just a monster day in a game that meant nothing. I'm not bitter. Who's bitter? Uh, not even a little. Not bit. even a little bit at all. Uh, but the uh, we kind of pick up the list where we left off last week because the people that we were seeing being talked about and the people that I think are most at risk for this kind of treatment are if we go kind of position by position at quarterback. You know, despite the 40 last week, Aaron Rodgers basically told the Packers, "I'm playing." I think he's going to try and strong arm his way out there again, but they're playing the Lions in a, in a game that doesn't matter. I have to imagine at a certain point, sanity may reign there. You know what I mean? If they get out and start throttling the Lions, uh, I don't know that we get a full game of Aaron Rodgers. I'd be a little concerned if I was playing Devontae Adams that you might only get about three quarters of it, depending on how that goes, especially because he's questionable. I don't think he's in any danger of... Uh, I mean, are you going by position or game? Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. That was very confusing. That was very confusing what I just did there. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. That's my fault. We'll uh, we'll go back to position. Excuse me. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers is definitely at the top of the list, and it's not a huge uh, list at, uh, at quarterback for guys you would actually be Tom playing. Brady. Tom Brady, though. Uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees, because the Saints in general have nothing to play for. They've locked everything up. they got nothing to play yeah. for. But that's that's not a huge list of quarterback this year. So, um, ironically enough, because they're locked into everything, if you've been streaming Dak, and there are a lot of guys who've been streaming Dak, oh, Jerry fair. Jones has said that uh, they are going to play everyone. But uh, if you remember two years ago, the, when the Cowboys had the number one or number two seed locked up, and uh, they went into the playoffs, and Jerry said, "We're going to play everybody. Everyone's going out there." Uh, Zeke didn't play. Dak played two series and was done for the day. So they, they're locked into the four seed no matter what. They know they're playing. It's a meaningless game to them. Don't be shocked if Dak doesn't play or plays very little. So I would be strongly looking at other QB options if you've been a Dak streamer. Really, I think that's most of the list because a lot of the other guys will probably yeah, pretty much out. Pretty much everybody else has something to play for. Yeah, so I would say that's pretty much the list of quarterback. Uh, in terms of running back, top of the tree, I would say Alvin Kamara. If you've been playing Kamara, I'm a, I, I have been, and I have to I have to make this exact decision this week. Uh, Gurley, who we yeah. already mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Zeke. who I just mentioned, yeah, and then also David Johnson to a lesser extent, but still something I'm a little concerned about. Uh, he may not get the full workload or the full game. Um, they haven't said anything about that, but it's also not you know world's greatest matchup against Seattle, so. If you have, uh, by the way, just as a... Those are some interesting ones there, too. Um, with Todd Gurley, we already know C.J. Anderson. Yes. 
Uh, so then with McCaffrey, are you looking at the backup in Carolina and yeah. uh, not really, do you even know who it would be at this point? Do you have a good line on that? No. Cause I don't either. No. I don't even think there really is. I think they would, just I know be... the backup in Dallas is Rod Smith. So if they do sit Zeke, do you, is Rod Smith? I've gotten questions about Rod Smith starting uh, play Rod Smith I, against in, the Giants. In PPR. I would take a long, hard look at it. If I knew Zeke was out in standard, less so, okay. but in PPR. Yeah. Because I think he's and then of course cat. Alvin Kamara. That's Mark Ingram. So and then also they might overly. sit Mark Ingram because it's the Saints and they're nuts and they have nothing to play for. So I, it wouldn't shock me at all to see some running back we've never heard of or I believe his name is Hill. Actually, is the the outside the outside chance in in that game? He's like their kind of not even I don't want to say emergency back because that's not it, but he's their bottom of the roster uh, type guy. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they were just completely done at a certain point. You know what I mean? Because they're playing Carolina. This game does not matter, and they've already locked everything up, and they, I think they want to uh, – Zach Line is who I'm thinking of. <laughs> they might just let Zach Line do it. You oh, I, mean? I didn't realize he was still there. Uh, the backup to Christian McCaffrey is Cameron Artis Payne. Okay, so, so maybe – So campaign. Maybe that, but I – I don't think I want to play campaign, though, or I don't think I want to play Zach Line, by the way, because I don't think you get a full game of no. either of those two guys. So there's got to be – The value for Sean Caffrey is the PPR, is the pass yeah. catching out of the backfield. He just yeah. set the all-time record for running back catches in a single season, and he's still got a friggin' game to play, theoretically. So, yeah, I just, I'm not trusting Cameron Artis Payne with my fantasy championship, if that is – And I'm not trusting Zach Lyon just on the off chance that uh, – they do something crazy. Yeah, Zach Line is the full you know back. What I mean? Like I, and then uh, Dwayne Washington yeah, uh, is the backup running back. Yeah. So those guys might see some might see some run towards the end of that game. I don't know how much of Alvin Kamara you're going to see. It really wouldn't shock me at all to see him only get like two series, and then he's done. And then Mark Ingram plays and like briefly, the first half. Briefly, by the way, I mentioned it done. in waivers going back to the QBs. Uh, Drew Brees, I would have to think there's a 99.9% chance he sits this one out. I'd be surprised if he plays. Get ready for the Teddy Bridgewater show, people. I, I cannot wait yeah, for the so Teddy Bridgewater the show. Thing. He is a legit streaming option. If you're if you've got Drew Brees and you're desperate, why not? The the skill set is there in a matchup that means it would depend nothing. what your other options are. But I can see it. I can see it. If I if we got, I would I would feel better about that if uh, we got some sort of definitive word, which I don't know that we'll get. But I, like, I, it's maybe day of. This is one of the weird situations where it's like a handcuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, with uh, like that Rod Smith with QB Zeke. Handcuff. If you know Zeke is out, you throw Rod Smith in. With Drew Brees, you you handcuff him with Teddy Bridgewater. If you hear Brees is out, you just throw Bridgewater in there. Yep, I could see it because I'd be I'd be I'd feel comfortable playing Bridgewater. I would because the rushing floor plus he's been he was a better. We'll see. We haven't seen a whole lot since the preseason from him, and so we'll. But I'd be okay with it. Yeah, but. uh that's really running back. Uh, the rest of it, I believe, we will definitely cover in uh, Trust or Bust. So, what I kind of you know, wrongfully touched on earlier, but Devon, I don't know that you're going to see more than three-quarter him. Uh, if you've been riding on that, I don't know that you have better options because three-quarters of it might be better than your next best option. If it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, that's how good he's been. If it's Rodgers, and then... It's Sean Kaiser, I don't know. But uh, uh, so it's a total coin flip. You never know. It's At that point, all bets are off. Uh, but the whole, so like with Breeze, realistically, it's I think it's those thing. guys, no Michael Thomas sit. Yeah. Michael Thomas and all, is uh, just, it's kind of blankets the saints, but yeah, Michael Thomas might be, might only play like a couple series and then he's done. 
There's also Julio Jones. I could see maybe he doesn't play the whole game in that one. And he's banged up. Because they just don't have to have him do it. He's banged up, so that's why I was kind of going there. Same thing. Do they sit Amari Cooper in Dallas? Yeah. So just be leery of some of those out there. There are a couple of decent uh, options on the waiver wire uh, this week, though. So we pumped it up. Uh, Robbie Anderson is still available in a large amount of leagues, believe it or not, despite the huge game and the couple of nice games before that. Um, I would actually feel okay about playing Robbie Anderson if I had to against New England yeah, this week, absolutely. just saying. Feel all right about that if I had to do it. The other one is uh, Mike Williams, Steve. What do you think there? Because he had the huge game and then nothing but Week 17, Mike Williams. Yeah, I mean, they're playing the Broncos. Yeah. It's a game that they have to win. The, the, I've seen a lot Broncos of questions. Broncos are going to phone this one in, people, Absolutely. by the way. Broncos are going to phone this in so hard. You ain't. No, you thought that Raiders game was bad? Oh, please. Oh, oh no. I've gotten <laughs> a lot of questions, worse. too, about, oh, well, what do I do if uh, you know Mahomes sits or if Phil Rivers is out? The guys, they're playing for the one seed. They're absolutely going yeah. all the way. They're playing. There, there's no way. All your Chiefs are playing. The Chiefs are playing. The Chargers, Chargers are playing. The Chargers are playing. The Mike Williams you gotta remember, is not about anything other than – They have to win the game because if the Chiefs yeah. win the game, they lock the one seed. If they lose and the Chargers win, the Chargers are the one seed and get the bye. The Chiefs could still end up as yes. the five seed in a road game next week. There's no way they're sitting yep. anyone. So the Chargers are going all out to all win your the Chiefs, division. All your Chargers the, are playing. Chi- the Chiefs are going out to try to win the d- division and get the one seed as well. So, yes, there, there's no chance any of those guys sit out. Mike Williams, yes, did have a bad week last week. We also did bring up the fact, though, that they were playing the Ravens, and they have been a shutdown yes. defense against Sorry. everyone that they have played against, including the high-powered Saints and and, and, the and now the Chargers as well. So I think against the Broncos, it's much different competition. I think Mike Williams goes right back to being the uh, the hot hand that he has been for much of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so we see that more or less eye to eye because that's a, it's a much different matchup, Mike Williams versus the Broncos who don't care. It's just I feel a lot better about that. The only other one that is tight end and tight end is such a giant wasteland. By the way, if you have any questions about uh, things that we may have missed, Feel free to ask them on Twitter or uh, the Fantasy Life app, and we'll be sure to uh, to get back to you uh, hopefully in a timely manner. Yep, just okay. tag us either uh, way, and we'll let you know. Yeah, and we'll and tight end. By the way, if, honestly, like, are, is there any tight end you're worried about sitting? Like, there, I'm not. I don't know who. You, it's such a weird thing because Kelsey's playing. Uh, I think Ertz will play. Um. Really, I mean, like, again, the big three you know, are Ertz, Kelsey, and Kittle, and I think all three have played out, and then everything else has been a roll yeah. of the dice, crapshoot, streaming anyway. So I think if Ebron can play, he will. Yeah, because they, the Colts are going to play that. I don't game. know if he the will Colts are going to play that play, game though. Well, I don't know if he will because he's hurt. That's my point. I, if, I, like the Colts, your Colts will be playing everyone. That's that's they're trying to win that game. So it's a. Uh, it's all full steam ahead on your Colts on Sunday night. And it's not the world's greatest matchup, but hey, they've shredded Tennessee before. Could Andrew happen again. Luck has um, never lost to the Titans in his career. Andrew Luck loves to feast on the Titans, especially and when then the Hill Titans play. took him out for two seasons. So, yep. eye for an eye. <laughs> Couldn't stop it. So, just that's how we're going to have to beat him. <laughs> Can't beat him, beat him. Uh, so, tight end, really, if you, the only other advice I'll say is Chris Herndon. If your guy, if you're worried about your guy sitting and you're looking for something on the waiver wire, 
that you want to go get. It's probably still out there. Herndon, I like against uh, New England. I think both he and Robbie Anderson yeah, find the end zone. I think he might be too well I think the Jets, at this point. He might be, but I know he's still out there in enough Ozuma leagues that I punch it in real quick. CJ Zuma, yeah, sure. That's another one, absolutely, because they're going to they're gonna roll him out there whether he likes it or not. He's their only guy. That's <laughs> the whole point of him. So, But, yeah, other than that, is there a defense that you got your heart set on? Because I think they're all too well-owned more or less this week. Uh, yeah, Cowboys defense against the Giants is an interesting one. The Seahawks defense was still wildly available against the Cardinals. I don't know how that's going with waivers going through today. Uh, Yeah, we would check back on that, but if it was still available, I'd probably go with that. That's a good one. And then there was one other that I can't remember off the top of my head. The Bills. The the Bills. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the Bills have been streaky, but... It's at home. Yeah, the Dolphins have nothing to play for. In Buffalo in December against the Dolphins. Yeah, and the Dolphins have nothing to play for. So that'll be fun. But yeah, that's it. So let's get into uh, some roster questions. Let's get into it. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. That'll face you good trust or Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Alright, you know, we got a nice mix of uh, Week 17 starters, as well as some keeper questions for Dynasty Leagues. If you have a Dynasty Keeper question, make sure you hit us up, either through Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve, at nonsense underscore Neil, or at important nonsense on the Fantasy Life app. Let us know. We will get through as many as we can next week, previewing 2019 in our wrap-up show. The way too early <laughs> exactly. 2019 preview. Yes, so get your Dynasty and Keeper questions in. We love All it. All right, so here we go. Kicking us off, Nick Foles versus Washington or Russell Wilson against Arizona. Uh, I'm going Russ. Uh, Russell Wilson dancing with the one who brought me. And you know, again, I, I said I it last matchup, week. And I love the matchup playing the Cardinals. But it's a division I mean, game is the one weird thing. I don't, uh, but it's Cardinals at home. So bad. It's Look, I, so I said it last so week. I'll say it again this week. I am the biggest Russell Wilson hater there is. But second half of the season, Russell Wilson is an entirely different animal. And he plays better just wrapping up the season. So home stretch, I'm going yeah, Russ all the way. Uh, Robbie Anderson or Gus Edwards flex spot for a standard league. Oh, that's a close one. It's all about who do you think. Yeah, you got the, the Ravens at home against the Browns. They're trying to clinch the division. It's standard, basically looking at just who can score, who can put up the most yardage, who can score. Yeah, it's who who do you feel better about getting into the end zone, really, is what's going to swing it. That's a really close one. Uh, Again, on volume, I would go the, Robbie Anderson in a PPR league. But yeah, in a PPR league, I'm going Robbie Anderson easily because it's a receiver as well. Like it's Robbie Anderson. I always lean towards running back, and that's why I'm going to go Gus Edwards by a hair. I'm actually I'm going Gus Edwards because I actually think Gus Edwards has a really good chance of scoring a touchdown against Cleveland. Okay, same guy says if you don't like either of those, I also have Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Howard, or Jeff Harris, and I believe he means Jeff Wilson. Yes, and I don't think I'm changing my answer. Still Gus Edwards. I think that's what I would go with. Bears are playing the Vikings on the road. They are. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, n- I don't want any part of Alshon Jeffrey. Do 
that. Jeff Wilson's interesting. That's the one that gave why well, I was I, thinking. I would, I would probably go Jeff Wilson, that. and then uh, and then Gus Edwards second. But but yes, that close. is like super. It's all super close. Um, and no, no, I'm sticking with Gus Edwards, and then and then Jeff Wilson second. By the way, the guy has Christian McCaffrey. Uh, if McCaffrey sits, should he play Darren Sproles or Elijah McGuire? Uh, I'm gonna go McGuire. Against the Patriots. If Christian McCaffrey Correct. sat, is the question. Yes, he has right? Christian McCaffrey, okay, yeah, and if he's I'm playing, go. he will play McCaffrey, but his emergency okay, is yeah, Sproles or McGuire. His emergency is, is, is McGuire, and I go McGuire. Uh, there you go. So this is kind of what we already talked about. Saints have the number one seed locked up, so who do I start? Alvin Kamara or Elijah McGuire? That's a wait-and-see thing. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a wait-and-see thing. I'm doing the same thing, man. I'm literally in the same boat. I have to make a decision between Alvin Kamara and something I probably don't want to play. So I, I my my issue is I don't know that we're going to get any word on this. That's my concern because they why would the Saints tell us right. anything? They don't have to. So my my concern is that he's going to start and then he's going to play like the first two series and then he's just going to go sit on the bench. So that's my concern. And unfortunately, unless we get some sort of word, there's no way to know that. So I think we want what we might want to answer his question anyway, Steve. Based right. On so do you start Kamara with so, the possibility that he just comes out of the game to preserve him or do you play Elijah McGuire right. who will play the entire game against New England yeah and I think I would probably play if it was me with a championship on the line I can't believe I'm actually going to say this but I think I would probably play Elijah McGuire I agree guaranteed yes because again same thing you're going like, to get the volume the yeah. you're guaranteed the workload it's it you're literally betting your whole championship on Alvin Kamara Catches a touchdown in the first, like, that, two The problem is game, it goes one of and... two ways for the Saints, right? Either they go up big early and then they sit everyone because wh- why? Why play them? You're already winning and you've got everything locked up, so why play anybody? Or you go into the halftime locker room tied in a close game and you sit everyone anyway because you already have everything wrapped up that you can wrap up. So why are you risking anybody? There's no advantage to you winning the game or doing anything. Like, if they're, if they're looking for milestones, like, oh, we want to get Alvin Kamara to this many yards or this many carries for the season, yeah, whatever. Salary and salary. Right. If yeah. you want to help him get to that, then that would be the only reason he'd play out there. There's no way he plays a full game. None. No shot. I don't even think he gets through most of the first quarter, to be honest. Like, I think he'll play like a quarter. Yeah, he could play the Maybe. first quarter and then and sit. Then or the first half at and best done. and sit. And what and, you're saying yeah, is and, is half a game or even one quarter of a game from Alvin Kamara better than a full game and a full workload for Elijah McGuire. And it's close. <laughs> which which tells you a lot about close. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Which tells you about both respective players, yeah. But I'm it's but I'm it is close, but I would ultimately have to play Elijah McGuire. Not because of talent or anything else, but just literally because of workload and it, it is the Patriots as a matchup, so there's every chance he's gonna get in the end zone. Jameis Winston against Atlanta or Watson against the Jags. I am I'm going with uh, what you said earlier. I gotta go, go with the Watson. one that brought you. Yeah. I gotta go. I got to go Watson. It's it's not a great matchup. It's not ideal. It isn't. But again, I go back to the fact that Lamar Miller is banged up dealing with an injury. You have Demarius Thomas now done. You have Kiki QT probably not going to play. It's DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson, and that's it. That's the whole offense. So he's going to be out there running for his life again. 
and just the scrambling yards alone and the ability to rush it into the end zone is going to be enough, I think, to prop you over the top. Yeah, so I would, I'm, I'm going with Watson. Got to. Uh, Nick Foles versus the Redskins or Andrew Luck against Tennessee. <laughs> Full point PPR, in case you're curious. In case I needed that information. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Andrew Luck, happy June. Oh. <laughs> The PPR and the QB questions always gets me every time. Question. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with luck again. One hot week from Nick Foles. Uh, no, thanks. I'm still going to go with the one that brought me, Andrew Luck. We were high on him in the preseason, and that has worked out this year. It's one of a couple of things we he, got right. Yep, Andrew Luck with just – that just is all – I don't care that it's Tennessee and it's a division game. It's the Sunday night game. I'm rolling the dice on it. I'll see. Now it's blending together the ones we just hated on. Nick Foles or Jameis? Uh, Foles, and it's insanely yeah. close. Foles by a hair. Here we go, hair. keepers. So you can keep Will Fuller in the 10th round or keep Devonta Freeman in the 10th round since he got him off waivers. Oh, interesting. He said he has, so he gets three keepers. He's already keeping Todd Gurley and Tyreek Hill. Well, you would. So his other options are both for the 10th round, either Will Fuller or Devonta Freeman. I'm going to go with Devonta Freeman. I am also going to uh, do that. It would help me if I knew if this was a PPR league, but either way, I think I'm going to go Devonta is, Freeman. Yeah, the I feel like just the upside is there. I think there's an insane amount of value there. I also feel like you could probably get Will Fuller at more of a discount than what you'd have yeah. to pay for Devonta Freeman. With the injury, with the injury, that's that, again, with the injury, like, he's probably not going to be, I would think he's not going to be the Look, I love me some Will Fuller, but that is two years now that he's had his season ended by a devastating injury. At some point, he becomes an injury-prone guy. So, Will Fuller, if you're taking Will Fuller there, you're basically saying, okay, well, Tyreek Hill is my one, and Will Fuller is my two, and that's my wide receiving core. And then I have to fill in. Back. Whereas, Whereas it, look, my one-two punch is Todd right. Gurley, Devonta Freeman, Devonta Freeman at flex consideration right. every week. I'm feeling pretty good about my life. Yeah, Devonta Freeman is, is on my team, for too. Like, and that, if he's your RB2 at yeah. you know, worst, then... We'll see how that shakes out next year with the ranking of Devonta Freeman. That's an interesting conversation because of the injury and the, the you know placement of other guys. But I would have to believe he's still going to be... Right around 10, 11. For running back, yeah. Yeah, for running back, overall running back, yeah. So I would, I'd say I'd have to go Freeman, and we just hope he comes back the same guy. All right, this week, Vikings D against the Bears or Steelers D against the Bengals? I think that's the Steelers. Oh, yeah, Steelers D against the, the walking turnover machine that is the Bengals. Yeah, it's a pretty easy call. Uh, Geis in the 14th round or Dalvin Cook in the third? 2019 keeper. I'm going Darius Geis. Extreme value. I'm going guys with you. That's too much of a price tag for. Uh, I'm not paying that much to to hold. What was it? Dalvin Cook. Cook you said yeah. just be sure. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing a third for Dalvin Cook. No, I'm thing. telling you but right I'll take now. That early for, projections. For free. Dalvin Cook's the second rounder, and it's people will pay it. That's fine. I know people will pay it, but I won't be with. Them. I know, but I I agree with what be, you're saying. I'll be third round else. is still a value else. <laughs> for Dalvin Cook. It's yeah, just it what is. we talked about it the but preseason. Much it's the reason value. that I picked up. Uh, Darius Geis in our keeper league, the fact that Darius Geis I had projected as about a top 20 running back, and people laughed and scoffed, and look at what Adrian Peterson has done this year. Uh, Adrian Peterson on his old broken legs. By the way, that's one of the other things we had right this year. 
was yeah. that the Washington running back would have value. And even when Geis went down, we were like, okay, Adrian Peterson, if he's even close. And he was. Adrian Peterson's been fine despite being 35. So like, there is Geis back-end RB2 with potential back-end or back-end RB1 upside. If he yeah, gets the volume, be, if he gets, if he's as talented as he has looked throughout college and throughout the preseason, he will be a fantasy stud for you to get any value on him. Just hope he comes back from the injury, the same guy he was projected to be. If that happens, then even we, then, you know, that's what you're projecting him out to be. If you're getting him in the 14th round, you can get two okay. other running backs to secure yourself. You're not exactly. So you know, it's something. How much you risking? Out. Yeah, if it doesn't pan out, whereas. I'm hitching a lot of stock in my mind still to the idea that yeah, Dalvin you have to Cook have a full, healthy play. season at Dalvin Cook and good luck with games, that. That's been an issue. So, yeah. Similar to what we were talking about before, Rivers against the Broncos or Winston against the Falcons. The only way this would be a discussion point is if Phil Rivers was sitting out, but there's no way he does because they I'm have playing so much Phil to Rivers play against for. the Denver team that I keep, I'm telling you, is not going to be trying. Oh, it's like Phil I'm, Rivers and it's not a conversation. It's Phil Rivers, and yeah, go lock it in. Like, that's what we're doing. All right, this one's a real one. Jared Goff against the Niners or Lamar Jackson against the Browns? Oh, that is a real one. Oh, that's – oh, boy, that's a thinker. Uh, I'm going Lamar. I'm I'm going right with you because I, I think he's going to have a pretty nice day with the running, and I'm so afraid of Jared Goff. It's yeah, so anyone, close. Anyone so close. that wants to at me from this past preseason – how can you be so low on Julio Jones? Because here we are with titles on the line, and this is the discussion point. Do you want Julio Jones or do you want Robbie Anderson? Don't at me about how great Julio Jones is for your team when you're going to bench him for Robbie Anderson in the championship. All right? For those of you who are new to the show, Julio Jones has burnt Steve in fantasy football a couple times. If you can't He's on the that. list. <laughs> He's on the list. He's on Steve's do not draft list. So uh, off my lawn. Oh man, this is gonna be fun for next year. I can give me Robbie. Uh, and I will also go Robbie because I really, really do truly believe that that is a great, great choice. And great day, uh, uh, I'm willing to be I'm willing to be wrong. If you want to add me about this one because I cost you a title, that's fair. But in my gut, I believe Robbie Anderson is going to score a touchdown this week. I believe that to be a fact, and I don't believe necessarily that julio jones this game against tampa bay everybody's like what a great matchup and i'm like they have nothing to play for in atlanta i don't think anybody's gonna get fired i think they're just realizing they're hurt their defense was bad and they're probably just gonna start sitting people down i'll be surprised if you get a whole game out of julio and i'm willing to be wrong about that but you asked my opinion that's that's what it is like lamar jackson or josh allen four point passing touchdown and i think that's a laughable add-on kind of like the ppr (laughs) Because with these two, it's rushing touchdowns. So it's good. Uh, I'm gonna go Lamar again. Close, but I'm going Lamar. Close, but I like the chances of Lamar getting into the end zone just a little bit better than I like Josh. So Lamar. Uh, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, or Lamar Jackson? Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay is a three quarter. I think three quarter. I think three quarters of that is, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, can you hate?" Because I think Austin Hooper and this and the Pips have a have just a field day because they're so bad. Uh, PPR flex position: Dalvin Cook against the Bears or Doug Baldwin against Arizona. The PPR I always lean wide receiver, so I'm on, I'm going to go Doug Baldwin here. 
Yeah. That one's really close. That one's really, really close. But, uh, no. I go Baldwin. I, I, it's, it's, it's just the superior uh, matchup. So Baldwin. And then finally, we finish with a keeper question. 2019 keeper, full point PPR. There is no value attached to the player. You just lose your first pick. Standard uh, ESPN keeper league. Already? Uh, running back, do you want Nick Chubb or James Conner? Ooh, saucy. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go Conner. That system is proven to be back-end running back one for Connor. Where Chubb, I mean, since he's taken over as the starter, don't discount what, what Nick Chubb has done. Oh, no, he's, he's had been a excellent. dominant season. He's been excellent. I think he's going to uh, – see, here's my thought behind it, though, is I think Chubb has the talent and the ability to be a fringe RB1 next season. And – Based on where he's probably going to be projected and be drafted, you can probably get him in the second round with like an RB2 value, but RB1 talent. It's possible you can actually keep James Conner and then get Nick Chubb on the back end when you actually start drafting, whereas I don't think you can do it the other way around. Yeah, and so I'm going to go ahead and just since, you know, right now Nick Chubb is RB14 and he took over in PPR and he took over that job effectively in like week nine. So his game log is 1640, which is this breakout, you know, game, uh, 27, 16, 18, 12, 15. So that's, that's pretty good. But yeah, he's going to be a fringe RB one, I would think with those kind of numbers. And we'll see how the schedule shakes out for everybody in the individual matchups and whatnot, but he'll be an integral part, I would believe of what they're going to do. And he's absolutely, you know, worth, worth being looked at to be the keeper but to me james connor is a cut above because james connor look at it this way james connor missed three games and he's no shot to play this game so he's got a few more games log as the starter but he's missed four games and he's rb6 in ppr and to your point that system has proven that you don't have it helps if you're Le'Veon Bell, but you don't necessarily have to be Le'Veon Bell. So since week nine, uh, when Nick Chubb effectively became the full time starter for Cleveland, in that time frame, he is RB ten in PPR points with 163, which is uh, just just behind uh, Philip Lindsay, and then right in the same range as Tariq Cohen, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott. He's in the conversation. So it'd be in that, in that he was he was number ten, number eight on that list. Derrick Henry, you're welcome, America. Yeah, you're welcome. See, I was I told I apologized before, but I told you the better late than the, never. You trust the process on these things. You trust the process. Yes. Thank you, sir. The analysis turned out to be rock solid. What we didn't understand with all the analysis and my whole article and love letter to Derrick Henry, you got all the points that I promised you. You got them. The problem is what I didn't factor in is that they would all come in like four games. Right at the end of the season. Yep. But if you held on, just stay the course. Oh man, what a what a giant upswing! What do you do with that next year? Maybe we should do that next week's show. <laughs> what do you hope do? they cut Dion Lewis? <laughs> basically, <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a whole thing. He's just looked phenomenal. Like it's a it's a whole day. Yeah, shock. They give him the job, yeah. and look what he does. Give him the job, Big and surprise. he's just oh hey, bam. 
Yeah, all the analysis was right. Uh, we were spot on with everything. That whole article I wrote is completely accurate. It's just, what do you know? They finally gave him the job and let him try and do it. And there you go. That's, ugh, Titans. Ugh. But there but, you go. So, again, hit go. us up. Dynasty Keeper questions for next week at Nonsense underscore Steve, at Nonsense underscore Neil, at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app. We will help you out with those keeper dilemmas. Again, if you're in a dynasty or keeper league, make sure you're spending that fab. Get some guys on your bench, that, guys that you know you're not going to keep, guys that you're going to just throw away. Just purge them now. Why hold them on your roster? Why even waste the spot? Get some guys out there that are some flyers that could be uh, some big transition guys in free agency that you could be looking at next year as a potential value keeper out of nowhere, kind of like a Jarek McKinnon coming into this year. I mean, maybe it's not a great example because he got hurt, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Where he was going in round two before he got injured, he was projected as an RB two basically. And I have a, I have a better one, but go Hunter for Henry. it. Hunter Henry, sure. Would be like if you wanted, you could probably get Hunter Henry for nothing, and he's gonna be in. Theory. Oh, I meant from from last season. Like oh, last, from season, last season, you could have yeah. stashed Jarek McKinnon on your bench. And then in free agency, he went to San Francisco, and all of a sudden, he's projected out as an RB2. Right. Like, uh, you have a guy like C.J. Anderson, for example. He's valuable now, but he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. He can go somewhere. Mark Ingram certainly has value now. He's going to be a free agent in the offseason, can go somewhere and become a primary guy all to himself. Suddenly have huge value next year. So there are guys out there that you want to be looking at off waivers that can pop up out of nowhere, like a Philip Lindsay, who yep. automatically emerge. And uh, all of a sudden, right now, it looks like nothing. Well, but, like, yeah. last year, I held on to Wayne Gallman just just in case, you know, something happens. They I <laughs> didn't know at the time they'd draft Saquon Barkley, but it, you got to take shots like that. Just yeah, take you, you have to, to kind of hold on to things. And then, you know, sometimes you just want to take some shots because you never know. And also, too, make sure you comb through the IR section. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for some bargains in Marquise there, Lee. guys that'll be back Our for next guy. year. Yeah, Marquise Belitnikov Lee. winner. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I so, can't yeah, wait we... to start talking about Belitnikov winner Marquise Lee again. Oh, I'm getting jazzed awesome. just thinking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, we might do that next week, too. We'll just do that. Uh, <laughs> just do where Marquise do you have Marquise Lee? Lee? Yeah. Way too early. Like, yeah, we just... You know, I don't know, like 12, 12 yeah, overall. Yeah, you know, wide receiver 12, yeah, absolutely. Because they're not going to have Bortles again, right? <laughs> no, really no not not number 12 wide receiver overall. So oh, overall yeah, in the right, draft, right, yeah, yeah. 12, back in yeah, first no, round. That sounds yeah. about right, yeah. Yeah, we'll be fresh. He'll be, he'll be fresh. Yeah, there's one, uh, Blake Bortles, where he, wherever he lands, Joe Flacco. Yeah, there's going to be some Eli Manning. Yeah. Uh, Josh Rosen. You know, like Josh Allen is a perfect one. He's a guy you've maybe been using. He's shown flashes now. You could probably keep him next year at a real discount. Yeah, for virtually so, nothing. Last I mean, year, if you were, Lamar if you were Jackson, doing it last year, if you've already got him. Yeah, you were doing it last year, Mahomes, because I actually had the opportunity to do that, and I was like, "There's no way he'll be that good." Well, you know, sometimes you're just wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mason Rudolph. Who knows what's going to happen yep. with Roethlisberger in the Mason offseason? Mason Rudolph. Yeah, so, there's always guys like that, like, just to keep an eye on that you can keep for nothing. That, if but they again, get an we'll get into all that next week. It'll be real interesting to go through all Christian that stuff. Kirk. It always is. So, Christian yeah, Christian Kirk. Kirk, another guy. A lot of names to talk about, and uh, wrapping up the season. So, good luck to everybody still playing in Week 17. And until next week, everyone, just keep up the nonsense. And Happy New Year, because we won't Happy talk to them again Happy this year. New year. So, yeah, Happy 20, New Year. That's right, we'll last show you. of 2018. Yeah, oh, last emotional. show of 2018. We will see you for the wrap-up show, first week of 2019. Have a week!
Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.